Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode 46. Now, I want to start this episode off with a statement that I have heard time and time again. You ready? I want to have a home birth with my second, but I'd feel safer giving birth in the hospital with my first baby. I hear this from so many moms, and I get it. With so much propaganda and misinformation regarding the safety of home birth, I certainly see why so many moms feel that it's the best option. And for many, it really is. They'll feel more comfortable and just as empowered at the hospital. But for others, they expect that having a natural birth in the hospital will be easier than giving birth at home. And once they experience the deep-rooted disempowerment that may occur at the hospital, they long to have considered home birth more and swear to give birth at home the next time. I mean, listen back to just a few interviews and you'll hear this theme again and again. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Elena, who decided to do just that give birth naturally at the hospital first. We'll hear her experience, both the good and not so good, and we'll learn how to prepare ourselves in advance should we decide to give birth there, or perhaps we'll skip it altogether and just stay home. Now, before we hop into the interview, I do want to take a moment to go over a few quick, exciting announcements with you guys. The first one is in relation to Happy Home Birth Academy, which if you haven't heard yet, is my childbirth education program specifically for home birth mothers. So regular childbirth education courses, of course, are focused on hospital births. Why? Because 99% of women give birth in the hospital. So you, as a home birth mother, need a course that's specific to you because what's going to be experienced at the hospital versus at home, it's two totally different worlds. So I've been working with midwives across the country as well as home birth mothers from across the country to put this course together, and it is now ready to go live. I'm going to be launching the full course in January, but starting October 22nd, I'm going to be having a run-through with a group of home birth families that are interested in participating. So this will be a live version, like I said, which means that we'll meet weekly online. And if you can't make the weekly meetings, that's okay too, because there will be replay options available. And you guys are going to be giving me feedback to make this course exactly what is needed for home birth families and midwives. So if this sounds great to you and... Also, just so you know, this is the lowest price it will ever be at as well. It's going to be less than $100 for for these founding members. If this all sounds good to you, please go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash academy. And that is where you can very easily sign up and get started. Alrighty, next announcement is, I don't know if you guys saw these, but I got some new t-shirts and I'm super excited about them. So... We are going to be, they're ordered through Bonfire, so a certain number of people need to order before the order can actually be filled. If you are interested in checking these t-shirts out and hopefully purchasing some Happy Home Birth swag, I believe the millennials say, um, then go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash shop and you can pick one out. 
And I believe that is all we've got besides my usual beg for take a screenshot of the episode, upload it to your Instagram stories, tagging Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I will feature you in mine. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Lillian, do you have anything? Can you say hi? Oh, that was a, that was a little bit of a fussy hi, but she tried. All right, guys, just please remember that I am not a medical professional and neither is my interviewee, so please continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, you're a chiropractor. Also, one quick note is we do discuss group B strep in this episode, and I will say that I'll be linking uh, to evidence-based birth in the show notes for you to consider all of the angles of this topic because it is a really depthy one. And Rebecca Decker is very thorough in her discussion and recommendations. So please check that out. And that's it. Let's head on over to the interview. Elena, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. It's good to be here. Yes, I am so excited to have you. I would love for you to start off by just introducing yourself and your family to the listeners. Sure. Well, my name is Elena, and I live in Sudbury, Massachusetts, which is about 21 miles out of Boston. And um, it's me, my husband, and our two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Oh, actually, she's almost three, very, very oh, soon. It's it goes like, too fast. That's true. I can't even keep up where I'm at. But, um, yeah, and, um, and I work full-time. And uh, it's busy, super busy, but we try to um, have a good balance between, um, you know, working and, and being outdoors, especially now with the summer here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. that's fantastic. So I'm really excited to share your story because it's not what we have. We haven't done one that has been strictly a hospital birth so far. You know, there have been moms that have started the hospital and then transitioned home birth and kind of given little tidbits of hospital and home birth. But this is a hospital birth story, natural hospital birth story. And we are so excited to learn from your experience. Definitely. There's a lot to share. And um, I I hope that those who are considering having a natural birth uh, will learn from some of the things I experienced and and sort of um, implemented in their own um, uh, birth if should they decide to have a natural hospital birth. Amazing. Well, why don't you start us out? What was your first pregnancy like? What how did how did it all start out for you? Sure. Yeah. So um, my husband and I were married for 10 years and um, we got married really young. So uh, at that point, you know, we hit the 10 year mark and we were talking about having a a baby and um, we actually tried for a very short period of time and things weren't working out. So we kind of just said, well, maybe it's not the right time. And, um, and then I got pregnant uh, unexpectedly and um, I traced it back to a Christmas day (laughs) uh, when I got pregnant and it was in, um, in St. John, uh, Virgin Islands. And this will be relevant later. That's awesome. (laughs) Keep in mind. Even if it wasn't, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It it was pretty crazy that it happened on literally Christmas day. I had like calculated it and it was like exactly that day. What a gift. Yes, it totally was. So, um, yeah, so I got pregnant and, um, 
it was a little bit of a rough pregnancy for me uh, because I became super, super sensitive to everything around me, um, like my environment. I don't know if I became hyper, uh, like, um, uh, toxic at that point or something. I, I had been trying to live a pretty clean life style uh, for a while before then, but I guess maybe things accumulated and for some reason I got really allergic to anything that touched my skin and things I ate and just, I was just miserable like all the time, but the pregnancy itself was very low risk. And there was, you know, everything was progressing beautifully, no issues whatsoever. I just felt crappy all the time. Um, and just like felt like, you know, my skin issues were out of control. And so actually it's relevant. Um, this is relevant because it inspired me to, find a solution, um, and a cure and for myself and just learn a ton from how the body works and how it gets overburdened and just, you know, how important it is to detox and be, be super, um, super, uh, just at your optimal level when you're trying to conceive. So I've learned so much from that. Um, but yeah. So, and, um, I had a traditional sort of regular conventional OBGYN. I was actually going to the Newton Wellesley OBGYN, which is considered to be one of the best in the area. And, um, I just felt, you know, um, every time I was there, I had a ton of questions and, uh, it felt really like rushed and just super short. And I would walk out feeling like confused and, and, um, and a little bit like disappointed. And so every time I went there, I would just, I would just dread going to my appointments. And I will confess that I skipped some of them and said like, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know what? I feel fine and I don't really need it. And I was like, oh, I'm not feeling well. I can't come in. Can I cancel my appointment? And I would just skip a couple of them because literally like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like a pleasure to go in there and it should be, I feel like. So yeah. that was weird. And I was kind of like going through these doctors that I was trying to meet and see who uh, within the practice I liked. And um, it turned out that they were pretty much all the same. Um, How big was the practice? Um, good question. So I think it had like four or five doctors and then they also had nurse practitioners slash midwives that were part of that practice. Okay. Um, so probably same quantity or more of the nurse slash midwives. Mm -hmm. So I knew kind of like that I had the option to go with a midwife and see only a midwife throughout my pregnancy, prenatal care and during the birth. But I never made that switch really until I felt like I had a good um, sort of exposure to all of the doctors within the practice. So about three quarters into my pregnancy, um, or maybe even towards the end, you know, I got so fed up that I said, I don't want to, like, I don't want to see a doctor anymore. I'm just going to go with a uh, nurse uh, from now on. And, um, and then I spoke with my husband and I said to him, you know, I just don't feel very comfortable with these women when I come in. Actually, a couple different things happened that really pushed me over the edge. One of them was um, I came in for an appointment and we had a discussion about um, my uh, group B strep uh, positive results. Mm -hmm. And um, I, at that point, I really tried 
in my head to avoid the use of antibiotics because I knew how important the birth canal uh, microbiome is for the babies. Um, so I just really didn't want to go that route. And I, I was like kind of trying to get more information. And instead of being patient and explaining things to me, my doctor basically said to me, you know, if you decide that you don't want to do these antibiotics, the hospital is going to have to call uh, child services on you. And I said, you know, I mean, this is like a threat. So it's like, I don't want that happening to me. So I was really off put by that. And I felt like I had no choice. So um, that was one situation. Another situation I came in and um, she was trying to feel my belly and she couldn't tell, like, I guess, where the baby's head was or something. That was the excuse that she gave me. So she wheeled in an ultrasound machine and she had uh, basically, without asking me whether it was okay, started putting on my, started putting the machine on my belly to see like where the baby was and everything like that. But I, in hindsight, after I walked out, realized, wait a second, you know, like maybe like it happened so quickly, like maybe I I shouldn't have had that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I never had like a question, like, do you want me to do it or not? Or like, it wasn't, it was just like, this is happening. I'll be right back. (laughs) So that happened. And then the final straw was a new doctor that I was meeting, seeing for this first time. And she was also feeling my belly and she pressed so hard and my lower belly that like the the amount of pain I felt it was like shooting up my spine and I felt like my baby kick at that point because I think like she pressed so hard that it was like oh man like I don't know like I was like so angry after that like I like she she left pretty quickly it was like less than a 15 minute appointment and I was like I just need to get out of here my belly hurts and I was so mad like that she was so rough with me and so those things kind of happened I just didn't feel like it was gentle or personal and so I think I just just got fed up and I was complaining to my husband and I said to him you know what I'm you know two or three weeks away I was like at 37 weeks at that point and I said I am going to elect a midwife uh, to deliver my baby at the hospital. I don't want a doctor. And I, I don't know. I didn't even know all the information around the benefits of having one at that point. But I think I just went with my gut and my like intuition was speaking so loudly to me that it said this is the right decision. And I knew that like if an emergency arose, then a doctor would be available anyway. So I said, that's what I'm doing. And even though I probably won't have the chance to meet her even beforehand, and that's exactly what happened. I never got a chance to meet all the midwives. I didn't even get a chance to meet like one midwife. I don't think I just met all the, um, well, not all, but some of the nurses. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And, but I was okay with that. And so my husband and I were talking um, uh, about the second half of the pregnancy about, how I wanted a um, uh, intervention-free birth or unmedicated birth. And he was really nervous for me because obviously he doesn't know very much about it. And I didn't know very much about it, so I couldn't really educate him. But I told him, you know, um, our, our moms did it, our grandmothers did it. I know that my body can handle it. So if if I can't handle it and it comes down to it, then I know I always have that option, but please be my support in trying to maintain that unmedicated birth. And like, if things get out of hand and you see that I'm, 
really struggling, then yes, let let me cave. But um, for the most part, if you think that I can handle it, even like if you think I can handle it, please be the one to just step in and be like, you can do this. And like, just help me. I told him, he said, well, I'll do my best. But to see you in pain is really hard. So right. I said, I know, I know. So just just promise that you'll try. And so he said, I'll try. This will be relevant later, too. I love all of this. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I think it was around 39 weeks when I started to have contractions. I, I, um, I basically woke up at 4:30 in the morning, and I, well, I like had this little back pain, um, like a shooting sort of back back pain real, real short. And I woke up from it and I was like, Oh, maybe it's the wrong position. I should switch. And then it happened again, 10 minutes later or so. And I was like, okay, no, that's not comfortable. And it happened a third time. And I was like, okay, something's going on. So I got up kind of, you know, went to the bathroom and just like stood there for a bit and I could feel it keep coming on. So I was like, Oh, I think this might be it. I just kind of knew in my head that, Oh, okay. This feels like it. Oh. And by the way, I had no Braxton Hicks whatsoever. So I had no idea what to expect. Um, so, um, and so I did not wake him up or anything. I think I was in the bathroom for about an hour, just trying to like kind of see how I feel like in and out of the bathroom. And then around 6am, he, he's like, what's up? What's going on? I'm like, I think I'm having contractions. He's like, huh? I'm not done with all the house projects yet. We're not ready. (laughs) I know, but I love that. (laughs) Oh, and we were like renovating our home, uh, like hardcore, like big renovations to like kitchen and bathroom. And, um, we had just were able to move in a month before I started having contractions. So things weren't like a hundred percent done yet, but we were, it was livable, Mm -hmm. but he, we had so much to do. So anyway, and he's like, um, I'm never, I I wasn't ready for this. (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't think anybody ever is. (laughs) So, um, he's like, so what should we do? I'm like, I didn't even have a bag packed, nothing. And I was like, um, I'm just going to go in the tub because, um, you know, I want to see if I feel better in there. So I filled up the tub and I was in there. And actually, uh, it's a pretty interesting thing. Uh, one of my friends um, from childhood that I kind of disconnected with for for a while had become a doula. And she's super, super like um, all natural and um, loves like energy and studies it and all of that awesome stuff. And so I reached out to her. I don't know how this happened, but like somehow something prompted me to reach out to her about a week before these contractions started and asked her, hey, I want to do an unmedicated birth. Do you have any advice for me? And she sent me this amazing video that I can't remember right now, but I'll search for it later that just literally changed me completely. Like it was about, you know, how to move when you have contractions, how to embrace the, like the, the discomfort, so to speak, or how to sort of, um, in your mind, um, be able to tolerate, uh, the pain through understanding, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like if you understand what's going on with your body and what's happening, it doesn't, you don't, you don't tighten up as much with the pain. You kind of let it go or like you breathe through it. And that was, 
that was really changed me. And the one thing that I noticed because I was watching some of the um, women and how they were uh, laboring is they would move their hips sort of in a round uh, fashion when they got these contractions and that helped them get through it. And I kept watching this video like up until this date. And so that's instinctively what I started doing the day of and when I was in the tub. So I was um, laboring in the tub for a while. I, I, I only got out to go to the bathroom when I'm, and I went to the bathroom, like I swear to God, and I'm talking number two, like four or five times. <laughs> yeah. It it, kept, that's so, yeah. Ugh, so common, but I'm so glad it happened then and not right? the first. So like, <laughs> which is also normal grateful. and fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was so grateful for that. I'm like, wow, I just went, do I need to really go again? And I was like, Oh my God, again. Okay. So anyway, and I would just get right back in the tub and it helped me so much with the pain. And I really wanted a a water birth, but I knew the hospital wouldn't allow it. So I just kind of was ready for whatever. But I was laboring in there for a while and then I um, got out and I'm like, I'm I'm kind of sick of this. So I just went and walked around in my backyard. And I think that really helped because I I called my OBGYN and I told them, you know, um, my contractions are getting pretty close together. I think they were like four or five minutes apart and more intense. And um, she said, okay, well, uh, and this was around 1 p.m., by the way. And when did it start? At 4.30 in the morning, technically, but it was very, you know, inactive. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I called them and I'm like, okay, this is what's happening. And they're like, well, you can come here and we'll check you. And if you're ready, you can go to the hospital, which I was kind of irritated by because I said, well, I have to go all the way to you guys. And then from you to the hospital, I know that it's not that far because they're in the same town as the hospital, but it's kind of annoying because I just didn't want to like move. And, and I was right because I was having my worst contractions in the car for some reason. Yes. Nope. That is car tractions, car tractions. Yes. Yes. You (laughs) call them that. Right. So, um, so true. 100%. If I can avoid being in a car the second time around, I totally will. Um, but anywho, um, by the time I got there, they checked me and I was already six centimeters. So Ooh, uh, pretty active labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it? Okay. So I don't know at what point exactly it becomes that way. It felt that way after probably after 10 a.m. for me. Yeah. I mean, the bo- that's, that's the thing. It's like, those are just like, that's the diagnosis, but it's your body can go from, you know, one centimeter to 10 centimeters and in an hour. So active labor can be, you know, it varies. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got there, it was hell and I was on my all fours in the back seat, and my husband was like having a heart attack. And I was like, I was like, yeah, um, get there quickly, please. And, um, luckily it was midday. So, and it was a Tuesday. So, uh, it was, um, it was a work day, but it wasn't too much traffic. So we got there, I walked over there and they're like, yep, you're ready to go to the hospital. And I'm like, Jesus, I could have just gone all the way there. And I was like, super snappy. And I was like, oh man, I got to get back in that car. So I did. And, um, we got there, we got to the hospital. I requested a room with a bathtub because I wanted to continue being in the water. It was really helping calming me down and tolerating that, that pain. But here's the crazy part. I get to the hospital, I change and I get in the tub 
which I was lucky enough to, to score, you know, that room with the top. Mm-hmm. And I stopped progressing because I was like, it was already like, I don't know, uh, close to five o'clock. And I was like, okay, well, it's been a while. Should we check? And I was pretty close before. And they're like, yeah, you're still, you're still only about seven or six. We're not sure like six or seven. And I was like, wait a second. No, I, I was doing so well at home. Like, how is it possible? So they're like, well, maybe you should get out of the tub and walk around. And that did help because I was going up and down the hall and um, got yelled at because I guess part of my leg or something was showing too much. And they're like, you need to cover up. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Crazy. So I'm like in the middle of these contractions, which were getting pretty strong. When I got up and started walking, that did wonders. But I was just so baffled by the fact that I stopped progressing. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? So anywho, I walked up and down the hall, I think twice. And I came back and went back in the tub. I said, I can't do it anymore. I need to just stay in the tub. And I wasn't very vocal. I just kind of like embraced, you know, that discomfort or pain. Um, And it was very, very tolerable for me the entire time. I never was loud or anything like that. Um, I did want to be kind of in a room with less people, uh, just really my husband and whoever needed to be there. That was my only request. I wanted it to be kind of a dim room. I wanted it to be calm and I didn't want too much light. I, I even asked them if they could put candles and they brought these, like they're fake candles, but for the ambiance, they brought these candles and I was like pretty impressed with that. So oh, that's great. another thing that, you know, people who want to have a natural birth in China in the, in the hospital and trying to make it sort of cozy and, and, um, comfortable for themselves, they, they should know that they can do that. They can actually have these requests. And most of the time the hospital will accommodate them if they can. Um, I even had a, you know, music playing, soft music playing, and, um, it was very, very good. Um, it was very comfortable, but so I started to progress further after the walk and I came back and, um, and I don't remember exactly the time, but I was starting to, you know, feel a lot more discomfort. And I was majority of the time I was either on my force or, um, if you can imagine a bathtub and I was kind of on my knees, uh, with my hands propped over the railing of the bathtub and just kind of like circulating my hips every time I had like a a contraction that really got back in the bathtub. I would go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Um, after the walk, I did go back in the bathtub. Yes. And I stayed there for a little while longer. It was helping me. And actually my, my water hadn't broken yet. So, um, it, it broke in the water while I was in the water. So, Uh, it was a very interesting feeling too, because it felt like champagne popping. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a great way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Let's celebrate. Yay. So <laughs> that is I my favorite God. thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, boop. Like just, and they were like checking for any meconium or anything like that. So none of that was there. So that was good. None of that was in the water. The one thing I didn't like, and I don't know if this is something that will change with the home birth next time around, but uh, they kept on checking my belly uh, for uh, the heartbeat and it seemed for the baby's heartbeat. And it was 
so frequent that it was like starting to get really annoying. It would happen like every 15 minutes. And I'm not sure that that was necessary because literally the baby was doing beautifully the entire time. Like, and I would kept, keep asking how, how is she? How is she? And they would be like, beautiful, like phenomenal. I'm very surprised. So I was like, okay, well maybe you should stop checking me. (laughs) Maybe you should leave uh, me alone. Yes. So, but another thing that I didn't like that, um, you know, I have learned from is because they saw in my records that I was group GPS positive they, um, you know, wanted to put the IV in me. And, uh, the one thing I just want to say is that I have, I really, I really have amazing veins. Like I've never had issues giving blood ever in my life. And, that day, like my body was saying to me, don't do this. It was just saying it's not happening. And they had about three or four attempts to try to get into my vein to hook up the IV with the antibiotics and they failed. And they were, and I was going through contractions and they were telling me to stay still. And I was like, I can't, I can't stay still. Like, are you kidding me? So, and I said to them, this is your last shot. If you can't get it in right now, it's not happening. So they gave up and they tried to go on my hand and they did. They ended up inserting it in my hand. But the uncomfortable part was that because they needed my hand for support and I was in the bathtub, it was really like uncomfortable and they had to put this glove on me. And it was just the whole thing. I just wish I insisted that I wasn't going to get the antibiotics. I now know how, you know, it's not really necessary. There's a lot of um, scientific information that you can read about whether it's a real risk or not. And um, I did so many things in preparation, like I, you know, I eat garlic and, and high dose probiotics. And there's so many things you could do that could optimize your, yeah, eliminate or optimize your chance or eliminate your chance of um, passing it to your baby that you don't really need to subject yourself to those uh, antibiotics and you could insist. And it is, they're not going to call child services on you. She was just trying to scare me, you know, during my appointment. So I just want to make that very clear that it is going to be fine and it's not a real danger like they make it out to be. So, but I did not know that then. But anywho, so they finally get this IV in me and it was super uncomfortable and I was pretty irritated at that point. So um, I I get out of the tub again because I think I asked them, hey, can you just check me again? And I just want to see what's going on because I was getting tired by that point. It was like, I don't know, maybe like nine o'clock. And um, I was like, how much longer? Can you tell me like what's going on? And so they're like, no, we don't know. You know, you're close, but we don't know. Um, It could take another hour. She may not be born today. She could be born tomorrow. We don't know. And I was like, oh, this is exhausting. Let me just go to the bed. And so I get to the hospital bed and I'm on sort of my fours and something definitely changed after my water broke because things got really intense. And like I said, I wasn't very vocal. I got vocal and I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I could not, like, I was like, I'm ready for the epidural. (laughs) And so they're like, are you sure? And my husband stepped in and he was like, honey, I know she's coming soon. He was like, there's like, I know she's coming soon. 
you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Don't do the epidural. And I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, but I can't. And so they're like, we'll call the anesthesiologist anyway. And so he's like, baby, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I can tell. I can just feel it. I think she's coming soon. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So the anesthesiologist came in and they said, okay, would you like that epidural? And I said, and my husband, I'm like my husband asking him, what do you think? And he's like, I don't think you should do it. And I said, okay, fine. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So I sent them out (laughs) and I'm like, you better come soon. And, um, they basically told me when you feel the urge to like go poop, like you want to go poop, like that is when we can start pushing. So I said, I think I want to poop. <laughs> I think I'd like, like to poop. <laughs> it's either going to be a poop or a baby. So right. let's check it out. <laughs> so I start uh, pushing a little bit and they're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about, a, you know, let's do like a real push. And and so I knew she was coming because um, I had a lot of uh, fluid coming out, you know, at that point, like a lot of fluid coming out um, uh, from there. So I knew something was definitely progressing and like it was time. So I just felt it. Uh, so as I started, uh, they actually turned me over and said, go on your back, which I regret doing um, because I ended up tearing pretty bad. Um, and um, but that also happened because they did. So the one thing is I was so exhausted at that point. Um, I think it was close to like 19 hours in labor at that point. It was like 10, like close to 10, 15 or so at that point when I started pushing. Um, and I was really motivated to push at that point. Like I had this energy that I didn't like come out that I didn't know I had anymore. And I was just ready to get her out. And, um, I wish so badly that my midwife, would have stopped me and said, you know what, just take a breath for a minute and don't push so hard. Like we see the head, like you don't need to rush something to tell me to slow down because I ended up tearing. And I know this time around that it was probably not necessary for me to push so much. Yeah. I, I hate it's it's really frustrating to hear that even even the midwives were still super, super medical to be putting you on your back and telling you that's that's the way that you should be pushing. That stinks. Absolutely. And I know that if I was better educated and aware, I totally could have changed my experience. I could have said, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to push on my back. I don't want to, and I'm going to stay in this position. And they wouldn't have argued with me. They, I'm sure they wouldn't have, um, you know, especially if you're adamant enough, um, they won't argue with you in that state. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and, and I wish they would have slowed me down and calmed me down and said, you know, it will it will happen. You don't need to rush. You don't need to push so hard. But in, in, in on, contra- on the contrary, they were actually telling me to, like, push again and push, mm-hmm. like, the same way. Ten seconds. and Yes. Every time yeah. a con- actually, every time a contraction came on, right, I had to push. So um, I wasn't – I was kind of tired from the last push. I couldn't – I wish I had a little break, and I – I didn't. So that's, you know, something to learn from. And then, um, and then she finally came out and, um, it was amazing. I do want to say that I, for some reason, like during transition, I felt my most pain throughout the entire process during pushing. I did not feel pain. I didn't even feel pressure. I don't, I, I tore and I didn't even feel that. 
honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, all the energy just sort of like within me kind of transitioned into that activity of getting the baby out, pushing the baby out. So I really felt no pain. It was miraculous. I, and so, I totally agree with that. I, yeah. Like for, in relation to my own experience, you're right. Yeah. Transition. Oh, you're just so open and vulnerable, but then you move into that pushing phase and it's like, I'm doing something. Yes. You like feel like, okay, all that energy was kind of built up in the one area and now I can do something with that. energy. Right. That's how I felt. And that's why I think I didn't feel any pain. Of course, there's also the hormones, but yeah, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, she came out after like three or four pushes and it was great. They, they gave me the baby right away. Um, I put the babies on, on my chest. I actually was wearing a gown, but I took it off and I put the baby straight on my skin and, um, we tried to uh, have her latch, but she didn't right away. But it doesn't matter because she was very happy. She wasn't crying. She was in my arms and everything was great. Um, I I forgot to mention in the beginning that I actually wrote out a birth plan of all the things that I wanted down to the very last detail. I even remember that I put in my birth plan, which, by the way, everybody read my midwife, the nurses, so they can, you know, um, obey my wishes, so to speak. But I even wrote in there that I wanted a mirror when I was pushing like down there and she asked me right before I was pushing, she's like, do you want to me- do you want that mirror now? And I said, Nope, I changed my mind. I don't want that mirror. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> my husband saw what I never saw what's going on down there. So it was like, and I want to keep it that way. So yeah. So I like declined it. So I know she read it and all, all of that. And they really respected all my wishes. Um, That's great. In there, I also wrote, that I want to delay cord clamping and I didn't want to bath for the baby, like all of this stuff. So it really is important to write out all your wishes. And so um, we waited, you know, uh, I think it was seven minutes and then we cut the cord uh, when it wasn't pulsating anymore. And um, they did take the baby away uh, to weigh her and, and uh, do the APGAR scores on her. And I kind of wish it was, it didn't happen like right away, like 10 minutes into me giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, ho- hospital procedures, I, I'm not really sure if I could have pushed that away more. Uh, perhaps I could have delayed it, but I, as far as I know, I don't think so. So um, from there, you know, just pure excitement, no pain, felt absolute like euphoria. I couldn't believe it. I was so miserable throughout my entire pregnancy and I didn't understand this euphoric feeling I was feeling like I was expecting to feel kind of sad because I didn't, I wasn't pregnant anymore. And like, I heard that, you know, the postpartum feeling of not having the belly anymore would make you really sad, but none of that happened to me. It was so strange. I, I felt so happy that I wanted to cry out of happiness. I was like so happy and overwhelmed with like emotion. And so, um, uh, so that was basically my birth. Um, now, I do want to mention that in the next few days, uh, there's a couple of things that I really disliked, even even though, you know, um, being in a hospital setting is great for a first time mom. 
Um, but there were just a couple of things I wish I and I put my foot down more on and hopefully others can learn from this and can be aware that this could happen to them as well. Um, one thing is I did not want to vaccinate my baby. And um, when they heard that, they seemed to have, I don't know, got this like uh, crazy motivation to try to convince me to do it and try to scare me. Oh boy. <laughs> and I was really, really uh, frustrated because I was already emotional. I was trying to focus on the baby. I was like trying to figure out what to do with my baby, like meaning like, you know, there's this new creature in your arms and you're just like, you got to figure it all out. And it's, it's overwhelming. So, and I had these doctors coming in constantly trying to have these talks with me about why I should vaccinate her and I said you know what like it's a no and I, I just felt like it was a lot of energy was spent on me trying to fight them off and I had this like do not disturb sign on my door and they just did not look like they completely disregarded it and would come in to my room anyway um, the other thing about a hospital setting is that they have to do sort of their procedural things where they check your blood pressure and and, um, you know, um, take your, I guess they, I don't remember if they took my blood or not, but they have to check you, your vitals and all of that. And it could happen at any time. So if you're resting or you're finally caught, uh, some Z's and, you know, they come in and they're going to wake you up and they're going to do it. So it's really, un, it's really uncomfortable that aspect of being in the hospital, um, but what's great is that they do have, for the first time moms, they have all the support needed for, you know, um, breastfeeding. And I actually needed a lot of help with that because my baby wasn't latching immediately. It was kind of a struggle. Um, so I did need a lot of guidance in that regard, and that was really helpful. But with the doctors coming in and harassing me, and I can't really even put it any other way um, because I was so clear about my decision but just the fact that they kept pushing and pushing uh was really the most unpleasant part of being at the hospital and uh, I just will never forget it uh how one of the pedi the hospital pediatricians there said to me if you don't do like the vitamin k shot your baby will die on the way home and I just thought that was like so vicious yeah you know and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing and I knew in my heart that it wasn't true but I got scared and I was like they just totally scared me like they were trying to really use every yeah every tactic every tactic they could and I I just was not ready to fight them that much I, I was I was fighting them but I was just in the beginning of my journey of learning about vaccinations and pros and cons. And I just, I, because I, I reached the point where I saw too many cons, I said, I'm going to hold off on making this decision. It's not a rush. I can always do it later, but I, they didn't, they didn't respect that. So I really wish like, I was like, I almost wish I was, um, discharged after day one. So I didn't have to deal with any of this. Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm really glad that you bring these points up because that is my one concern with, you know, natural childbirth in the hospital is a lot of the things that moms have to deal with, you know, yeah, you can have the natural birth there. You you can you can do it. There's no question you can do it. The problem is is 
so much energy ends up having to be expended for some people in some hospitals with some practices. You know, it's not across the board, but a lot of times you just have to fight so hard for all of the things that you want. It's exhausting and it's really unfair to have a mom start motherhood in such a a mama bear fighty mentality, you know? Absolutely. And that is exactly the point that I'm making. I think that a lot of women want to be as natural as possible, but are just a little bit too scared to make, to maybe have their first, Mm -hmm. some, some, I mean, things are really changing. Yeah. I do think that's common though. They just would rather be in the hospital setting. And for me, that was not the reasoning for me. It was just a simple lack of knowledge. I was I didn't give enough thought to it beforehand. If I had, I would have learned enough to understand that it's not necessary to go to the hospital. But a lot of women are scared, so they prefer to do it that way. And it's absolutely true that you have to spend so much energy to just stand up for yourself. And in fact, not just you, you need to have a support system when you go in there because sometimes you are too exhausted and you need like your hubby or your mom or your friend or your doula or whoever to come in and just be like, you guys need to step out of the room. Enough is enough. Like, I'll give you an example. I was trying to breastfeed my daughter and this uh, same doctor, this pediatrician returned a few hours later. And I, I was like, I'm about to feed my daughter and I'm going to just whip my boob out. And this is going to be hopefully enough signal for him that now is not a good time to be here talking to me. And he just sat down and was like sitting there having a conversation while I was trying to feed my daughter. And I was like completely disregarded. to nurse your daughter. (sighs) Trying to. And like, you know, I'm exposed and I was like, I don't even care. Like if this, if it takes me this to like get him out of here, then I'll try it. But it didn't even help. Like he no, just sat there and talked <laughs> and I was like, look, I'm not even paying attention. Yeah, oh so. my word. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it, you do. I'm, I'm so glad that you've brought these things up because they, it's true. And, and I do hear that a lot and I totally understand it. This idea of, you know, oh, well maybe I'll have a home birth with my second, you know, I'll go to the hospital with the first Maybe I'll have a home birth with a second. And I do get it. I totally understand that. But I love that you're bringing attention to some of the things that do go on should you decide to to do it that way. You know, a lot of the things that are your common standard care procedures in a home birth setting are what you're trying to avoid in the hospital. Like, you know, in home birth, yeah, you're going to get a delayed cord clamp. You are not going to get the hep B vaccine. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) your midwife is not going to give your baby hep B. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, that should be considered and weighed. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think, you know, in in hindsight with, you know, everything that went on, I stand by the fact that if I, did my research and educated myself enough about the possibility of a home birth, I would have 100% rather have had a home birth and chosen a home birth. I will tell you that much. Um, But, you know, sometimes you live and you learn and I'm at least happy with the fact that it was very natural. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there were some things that weren't so great, but that, that thing that, thing about how your emotions are so like over-exaggerated when you just give birth and 
to have to deal with un- like negativity in that sense. Like I would say that should that alone should be enough reason to get yourself out of that situation. So mm-hmm. if you can, you know, either choose, you know, a birth center or a home birth. Or I would say if you still feel like you need to have that hospital birth, um, then keep in mind this will happen and mentally prepare yourself. Yes, and and hire that that doula. (laughs) Hire that doula, get that support system so that nobody messes with your emotions because that is the most precious time. Those like literally first three days were unbelievable. Like I couldn't, I was in some sort of other realm. I never felt it before. For the first time, you really, really feel the difference. I don't know with the second time and a toddler running around that I will, but I'm looking forward to it if it does happen. (laughs) So yeah, you're right. That is, I mean, that is the most euphoric feeling in the world. So keeping that undisturbed, oh, very high on the priority list in my opinion. (laughs) Yes. And just, you know, um, keeping, keeping your chances of, um, uh, sort of like that postpartum blues Mm -hmm. also is like that day. Yeah. And, and, um, speaking of which I, I did not experience it either. So I was very lucky. And I think part of that is because I, um, I got the my placenta encapsulated and nice. I, I was taking those pills. Uh, so highly recommend that, you know, oh, and you know, it's worth mentioning that you can have a hospital birth and still take your placenta home. It's yes. 100% possible. I want people to know this. Um, they put it on ice for you and then whoever you hire to encapsulate it for you will come actually to the hospital and pick it up for you. So it's really, really easy. And super, super worth it. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, I actually do placenta encapsulations in my area and I, I really recommend it. Like it, it definitely helped. It helped. I think that it helped me granted it was my first, so I don't have anything to compare it with, but my husband is always like, yeah, I could tell the days you forgot to take them. So (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I, I experienced so much energy at one point on them that I was like, this is too much. I actually want to sleep. So you got to cut back. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to actually cut back. Yeah, it's true. And I didn't have anything to compare it to either, but in my head, I had the expectation I was going to be sad and I never felt that. Ever. So it was really, really weird. Wow. Oh, it was awesome. Actually. I'm so glad. Man, Elena, I am so grateful for you for coming on and sharing your birth story. It is so insightful to hear from a mother who wanted to do things naturally, educated herself as she went along. And then for you to tell us what the pros and cons were, you know, like that, yeah, there were a lot of good aspects about it. You got to labor in the tub, this and that, but there were also some difficulties that you experienced. And for you to be able to, you know, from the horse's mouth, this is what you can expect if you want to have a natural hospital birth, it's doable, but you got to plan for these things. I'm so grateful for that. Yes. And I hope it helps a lot of women just prepare um, better, you know, even just emotionally for some of the things that are going on. And when you know what to expect and you learn from it, I feel like it makes everything so much easier. Beautiful. Well, it sounds like eventually with your next birth, should things go the way that you plan, uh, we'll have to have you back on and and hear how your home birth goes. And um, just a quick note, um, since I got so sick or reactive during my pregnancy, that prompted me to learn a ton about, you know, how toxic our lifestyle can be from from 
like the clothes you wear to uh, the foods you eat to the cleaning products in your home to, I mean, the list is like, it goes on and on and on. And I've made so many changes since then. And I've healed myself more than any doctor could even, uh, you know, functional medicine doctor. And so I just wanted to quickly say that it's actually become a hobby of mine to read and research and um, spread knowledge. And I do that using my Instagram with like short, uh, you know, tidbit uh, type of posts so people can learn. And um, a lot of it is really unconventional stuff, but I've been, I've been doing this research for over seven years and I really got deep into it three years ago. And so now I'm sort of putting all my thoughts and knowledge into these posts here and there and trying to educate little by little along with a few recipes here and there. But I just want to warn that it's very unconventional. Um, I, you know, highly promote the Weston A. Price diet. Um, I think it's like, sister. (laughs) yes. And I think it's just so, so necessary for prenatal, um, and just growing babies and just pregnancy diet. Like this is the diet for you. Like if you want to be absolutely at your best and, um, yeah. And if, if anybody wants to check it out, it's, uh, nourish.u, uh, on Instagram. Perfect. Yes. Okay. We will put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, thank you fantastic. So. Oh, it's always exciting to hear another Weston A. Price fan. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, and, um, and because my background is Russian, a lot of the principles are not that new for me. So it was a really right. easy transition for me. Very so, cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Elena, I will be super excited to follow along with you. And I'm sure that there are going to be plenty, plenty of listeners who do the same. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Elena. And thank you for having me. You're doing an amazing thing. It was thanks to you that um, I learned so much and about home birth and just all of the uh, fears that I had about it are now gone. So knowledge oh. is power. <laughs> Keep doing awesome. what you're doing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. So upon editing this interview, I realized that Elena and I did not ever go back and discuss Uh, the Christmas Conception and St. John's. So I messaged her asking about that, and I'm going to share her response now. She said, well, a couple of things. We took the Caribbean vacation on Christmas, and that was the first year of the Zika craze. So at one point, I had, I think, my 20-week ultrasound scan, and the doctor really scared me about my baby's head being small. So, of course, there was worry of microcephaly, even though I didn't remember being bitten or having a fever or a rash at or after the Caribbean. I ended up having one or two more scans, which I regret because of the harms of ultrasound and because there really wasn't anything to worry about. It turned out that my baby's head was small, well, because that's what was meant to be in genetics. Moral of the story, sometimes doctors make you worry unnecessarily, and ultrasound readings aren't 100% accurate. All the more reason to avoid the conventional care model. The expert fetal medicine doctor who I ended up with due to this risk told me I shouldn't even be there, meaning I had nothing wrong with the baby, but I can't tell how this traumatized me, especially because it was my first and because new moms worry. It was a huge reason why I consider my overall pregnancy experience unpleasant. Oof, not fun. That was going to be a major cliffhanger for the rest of your life if I didn't wrap that up. So I had to add that there on the end. 
But now let's jump into the episode roundup. And wow, there is so much to say about this brilliant interview. I'm so grateful that Alina came prepared to discuss both the pros and cons of her birthing experience in such detail. The main point I want to bring up as we wrap things up is this. If you're more comfortable giving birth in the hospital, own that. The point of this episode is not to make you feel concerned. Rather, it's to inform you before you get there what you may expect and come in contact with and just to be prepared. I want to mention Elena's sage advice of having a dedicated birth team to shoo away those care providers who just aren't understanding the word no. This is critical in my opinion. And of course, coming from someone who clearly loves home birth, I want to remind you that many of the struggles you could face in the hospital are not struggles you'll likely face in the home birth setting. As always, do your own research. And if you decide home birth is right for you, check out my free home birth mini course, a teeny smidge of a taste of what to expect when the full course launches in January. That's at myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash essentials. Okay, my friends, that's everything that I've got for you this week. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week.